Welcome, everybody, to the Purple Knights podcast. I'm joined tonight by short story writer and poet and author of the lyrics of Prince Rogers Nelson, A Literary Look. This is C. Lee McGinnis, everybody. How are you doing, C. Lee? Oh, man, I'm great now that I'm on here with you. I've been checking out the podcast and all the great conversations you've been having. So look here, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here right now, man. You've been doing a lot of great work, had a lot of great folks on, so I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, I, po- I did a post on Facebook uh, just yesterday about this upcoming podcast, and um, our mutual friend, D'Angela Duff, responded and she was very very excited for what we're about to do so yeah I'm that's very, that. yeah I'm i very, appreciate it she, i'm very she, blessed to be connected with a lot of great people a lot of people who have given their time and energy to the podcast so with that said uh we'll talk a little bit tonight about one song which is an internet single that prince posted on his then website, loveforoneanother.com on January 1st, 2000. And when I originally conceived the show, um, my lofty aspiration was to invite Dr. Cornell West onto the show to talk about the song because he has roots in the religious tradition as well as uh, social activism mm-hmm. and he's a great voice for black thought um, exactly. and Seeley sprang to mind as a good choice for this show because he's done a lot of work on Prince and he's an academic and an intellectual so I thought this would be a great fit for tonight, so I'm very excited. And uh, one song is was, as I mentioned, premiered in 2000. So this is roughly two years after Prince began his um, study of the Jehovah's Witness faith. Exactly. So um, he's really bringing a religious point of view and a religious center into his into his music and message and one song starts with a six minute monologue by Prince and let me just pull up my notes here um, he starts by um, referencing the the chaos of society mm-hmm. and basically natural disasters which he calls unnatural disasters right and just talks about the state of the world um the way of the world the way it is now with all the misinformation chaos and confusion And he says that mankind's creations, he essentially says that mankind's creations are corrupt because they are divorced. Mankind has separated itself from God. Right. So in that sense, their creations are corrupt. And he asserts that most um, man-made creations originate from the tree of knowledge. He, he distinguishes between the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. Right. And says that the tree of knowledge bear, bears deadly fruit. Of course, we know, um, those of us that are Christian know that that's where original sin comes from, right? Eve ate right. the apple, uh, gave it to Adam, and we have original sin. Mm-hmm. So he talks about that. He talks about the tree of knowledge. 
and the tree of life actually brings it up twice. Mm-hmm. But then he goes into language as a man-made creation and language is um, causes chaos and confusion as well um, because it sustains, creates and sustains a state of illusion. And he says, the truth, like a memory, frees us from that illusion. So when we hear the truth, it frees us from the cage that language holds us in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also, because language creates confusion, it separates us from God and urges us to conform to scripted roles in society rather than embrace our natural God-given desires. Um, C. Lee, you could jump in any time here and talk about sure. any of this. Sure. Um, so let's let's go back a bit to where you know the, the time frame, like 2000. Prince becomes a Jehovah's Witness around 1998, and I think that's that's important to understand because that really lets us know that one song is a really unique song because unlike any other pop song that I know. It's a clear artistic manifesto, right? Through which Prince is declaring that the time for cloaking and justifying destructive art under the notion of artistic expression has ended because humanity is being led by that artistic expression to its demise. So make no mistake about it. This is an artistic manifesto, artistically designed, right? In the style of say, Margaret Walker Alexander's poem, I Want to Write, or Amir Baraka's poem, Black Art or Nikki Giovanni's poem, For Sandra, in which these three poets provide their theory poetically. Yet it is with the spoken, as you indicate, the spoken introduction of what I call the exposition of one song that both theory and execution, as it merges the literary analysis into actual art, making it a unique form that few others, especially in popular music, have attempted to create. Additionally, it must be noted that Prince only released this song, as you stated, as a video, a lyric video, in which the only visuals are words, so that both the spoken introduction and the lyrics can be read. Therefore, when one realizes that one song is not a new direction, which we'll discuss later, it becomes much more forthright in Prince's spiritual declarations, and it presents his ultimate reality of humans becoming ethereal hybrids, then we understand that this song is a seminal work in Prince's career to plot his artistic, social, political, and spiritual uh, development. Moreover, Prince is clear, right, as you state, that he's saying that by rejecting art that promotes the man-made system and embracing art that promotes God's system, humanity can lessen, if not prevent, many of those unnatural disasters that he listed. So, yeah, it's all about God and it's all about unity and um, promoting and creating and promoting art that that brings us together, right? That creates a sense of unity, a sense of humanhood, if you would. Um, yes, and I totally believe that it, as you say, Seeley, it is a spiritual, a spiritual manifesto and a, uh, a call to be authentic in our, and also to be honest forthright in presenting art and also being aware of the traps that language can um, bring us into as far as perpetuating a system of a hierarchy where, as Prince says, there are people at the top and then as you get more and more towards the bottom of the pyramid, people know less and less. Mm-hmm. To where at the bottom of the pyramid, where the majority of people are, there's chaos, disorder, and confusion. Yeah. So, um, yes, did you want to add to yeah, that? Yeah, I, I would also say that the other thing that a lot of people get confused is that one song was not a new direction for Prince, right? Let's be clear. Prince has always been spiritual, right? Since his third album, Controversy, which includes the song Annie Christian 
or his fourth album, 1999, which includes three. Prince consistently addressed spiritual concerns, especially the notion that all of our physical problems, such as violence and hate crime and addiction and discrimination of all sorts, are merely physical manifestations of our spiritual iniquity. As such, I always tell people, the people who are like surprised by rainbow children, the only way you were surprised by the, the, the spiritual theme in rainbow children, if you weren't listening or paying attention to Prince's entire career. One song then is merely another expression of Prince's spiritual evolution, especially his assertion that true spirituality or the true love of God only occurs when we are willing to quote, do the work. And we're all familiar with that phrase, right? and manifest the properties of love, which are kindness and courage and forgiveness and equality by engaging issues such as poverty and oppression. Prince has always understood the expression that faith without works is dead, right? That he gets from James, James chapter 2, 14 to 26. And then Prince has been clear that the human vessel is the primary way in which God's love and power is manifest or executed, right? Think about what he says in one song when he says, quote, when language falls like a wounded soldier and is covered by the sea, all the sadness, all these unanswered questions, keep me company, company, come to me, come to me. Here at the center of it all, I know that you can only come from me. I am the universe, the sun, the moon, and the sea. Where else is it going to come from except from me? With this one stanza, Prince is using biblical theory that language Either it's God or the manifestation of God as proclaimed in John first, right? When God says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God and it came down and manifested itself in the flesh, right? So when Prince says, when language falls like a wounded soldier, he's actually troping and connecting the, the sending of the word into the physical form as Yeshua. We know Yeshua to be the real name of the person that people call Jesus. But so Yeshua to, to, uh, Yeshua to dwell as flesh among humanity with the crucifixion of the word being its ultimate purpose. Yet both of these things must happen for humanity to be saved, which simply means to be reconciled, reconciled with God. So the word that you stay to right? the word has come to humanity to keep us company, right? Chris says company and come to me. He said the word has come to keep us company and to be crucified for our sins. Yet those of us who accept the word is true. Right. We know that then it's going to be ingrained in us. That's why Prince says he pleads. You can only come from me. And then he also says, where else is going to come from? He is urgently trying to get humanity to understand that if we connect to this word, which is a connection to Yeshua, we will be filled with the power, love and grace that we need to survive this hellish world and make it what it needs to be to make this world better. Right on. Right on. I resonate. I resonate with everything you just said there. I I do. I I'm a big believer in God, and this song really makes me think and really makes me ponder on the oneness of all of us and the 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 idea that the universe is both within and without us, right? Yes. And as a as a poet. You know that's that's poetically expressed by Prince, but as a poet, I'm sure that resonates with you quite a bit. Can you talk about that? Well, I, I think for me that what 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 resonates is to say if you're thinking about a song like it, it connects with a song like say "Colonized Mind," right? And yes. so that when you connect one song with "Colonized Mind," right, it is the artistic manifestation. So one song is the theory. And Collins Nine Mind gives us the artistic execution of that theory in which Prince is asserting that the physical world or the tangible world that we think we know is the real illusion. And that the spiritual world is the real world, which also affirms both the Bible and Plato's Republic, right? What does, what, what does Prince say in one song? Like you said, he says that the words you are reading are created by a machine. As you read, you hear a voice speaking and you fall under the spell of the illusion, right? And that you are now confused and in an illusion against yourself. And then he executes the theory in Colonized Mind. Let's remember, Colonized Mind was Prince's response to many of his fans who, after the Rainbow Children, were criticizing Prince for allowing his art and his mind to be colonized by religion. Right? Many were lamenting that Prince's art was not as creative and as bold because he was being limited by religious dogma. They wanted their old, irreverent, nasty Prince to return. But with, but with the combination of one song, the Rainbow Children, and then later colonized mind, Prince was being as irrelevant as he had always been. It's just that many of his longtime fans didn't like that his irreverence now 
was being aimed at them and how they choose to behave, right? So with colonized mind, Prince is claiming that those who choose the man-made system over God's system are the ones who are delusional and are being pimped and led astray when you talked about that pyramid scheme, right? Because they're illusion of freedom. So for Prince, uh, for those who claim like, they would say, well, Prince was being anti-science. No, while Prince was prioritizing religion uh, and faith, right? He was never being anti or discounting science. That's why I love colonized mind, even though we have to admit that colonized mind greatly borrows from McKeever, uh, Mary McKeever's quitted. Right. What I love is that Prince has the belief in God that gives priority and morality over anything. Right. So in colonized mind, just like with one song, Prince is asserting that 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 the people who do not believe in God are the ones who are really under the illusion. Right. And they are the ones who are then being led astray. And so if you think about something like Finfin, I don't know if you remember the drug Finfin, but Finfin is a perfect example how when science gets colonized, Fin Fin didn't help people, right? It actually ended up killing people. If you think of something like the Tuskegee, uh, the, the, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment where black people were allowed to die, right? Prince is saying, this is what happens when we deify ourselves and when we deify the creations that we make, those creations are rarely used for good, but they're often used for bad. But it's one who believes in the existence, right, of God, right? A song like one song, has listeners considered that there's more to life than just what we can know physically than it is being an attack on science or the theory of evolution, right? And yeah, I believe, if you believe in the existence of God, I believe that God spoke the universe into existence. However, I also think that the Big Bang Theory provides a clear understanding of how that coming to existence occurred, right? When God speaks, it's probably a really big, loud bang. So then we have to then understand what Prince is simply saying is when we deify ourselves and we deify the creations that we make, that's usually when we create death and destruction. Rarely do we create beauty and harmony. Right. And we we create beauty and harmony by being 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 connected to God. Um he says illusion is a state of insanity. It's because the power is vested into the people rather than into God. Whereas the main goal of everything should be union with God. So that's definitely Prince's message. And as you say, C. Lee, he definitely followed through with that message on the Rainbow Children album. And a lot of people... Um, you know, had issues with that album because his views, his newfound uh, spiritual freedom was on full display and it made a lot of people uncomfortable. But as you say, Rainbow Children was a commentary on, I like that you say that it was a commentary on his audience, you know, Prince reflecting it back to them on how they're behaving and interpreting, you know, the spirituality that he's trying to to present. Yeah, and, and to be clear, we both one song and Rainbow Children, right? As, 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 and, and, I, and I always return to it, right? It wasn't new. Like Prince was always commenting on that our physical wrongs are manifestations of our spiritual iniquities. Right. Prince was always about if you get your mind, your heart and your soul together, then your physical will be straight. But if your mind and heart and soul is, is, is muddy, then your physical life is going to be muddy. And so what he was essentially saying is that, look, folks, here are these things. Right? What are these things? Colonization. Right. The Bible says that man should not dominate man to his injury. And so when you look at poverty, sexism, racism, enslavement, all of these things, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that's wrong with us spiritually that allows us to engage and, 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 and essentially be okay with um, hurting other people? That's really what he's saying in one song is that we have fallen under the illusion that dominating other people is okay. We've fallen under the illusion that uh, violence is, pure, is entertainment. Right. He's asking, why are you entertained by people killing people? 
Why are you entertained by people raping people? Why are you entertained by things that are destructive? And I think that it's difficult for people to take a self-analysis and simply ask the question, yes, why am I entertained? Like, I, like I, you know, I think people should watch, and I want to be clear, I'm not telling people not to watch anything. I want to be clear. But, you know, what resonates with me with one song is people laugh at me because I don't watch horror films. And I'm not, and I, I want to be clear, I'm not saying horror films are bad. I want to be clear. I'm not telling anybody not to watch horror films. It's just for me, I don't understand why I would want that put that negativity in my spirit. What is it about seeing someone stab somebody 26 times that's entertaining? What yeah, is it yeah, yeah. about seeing someone take a chainsaw and, and lop off somebody's head? And that's all Prince is asking in one song in the, in the beginning of the exposition is, why would you find, why would you find the objectification? of another human being, right, right. as entertaining. And I right. think it makes people uncomfortable when we have to ask us, we, we live under the notion that art is somehow separate, right? We, we, what we don't want to do is accept what W.B. Du Bois said, that all art is propaganda. Because if we accept that all art is propaganda, then what Prince says is true is that, and, and, and let, me, let me ask you a quick question, uh, uh, Brother Chris, and it's not a trick question, so, I want you just to answer what the first thing that comes to your mind, because I promise you, when I ask this question, people think it's a trick question, but I promise it's not a trick question. So if you cut a tube with toothpaste at the very top, if you take a knife and cut it at the very top of that tube with toothpaste, what are you going to find? Uh, toothpaste. There we go. If I take a tube with toothpaste and cut it in the middle, what am I going to find? Toothpaste. If I take a tube with toothpaste and cut it at the bottom, what am I going to find? Toothpaste. You know why? Why is that? Because the only thing they put in that tube is what? Toothpaste. So watch this. If I put destruction and dysfunction in my mind in the morning, if I put destruction and this disformity in my mind in the, in the, in for lunch, if I put destruction and chaos in my mind for dinner, when I open my mouth to speak, what's coming out? Destruction and chaos. That's all he's asking in one song is whatever you're putting in your mind, whatever you're putting in your body, you cannot be surprised that you get that in your community if that's all you put in your mind. Yeah, because he he has the uh, the mantra or the saying written or painted on on the wall of his upstairs apartment in Paisley Park. Whatever yep. everything you think is true. Yep. That is to say, your thoughts create your reality. Yep. And until until people. Yeah, and until people accept that their thoughts create their reality, good or bad, and they allow the negative because, and, and what they have to understand is, we have to realize the effect of our entertainment always being our base primitive self. And I always, I used to challenge my students, is actually my students, why is it that we gravitate toward our lowest common denominator, common denominator when we think about being entertained? And why isn't it that we're not gravitating toward art that allows us to transcend and rise above, right, our lowest common denominator, right? And, 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 and embrace art that stimulates us in a way that we want to always construct the beauty rather than always trying to construct and destruct. Right, right. And I think that's, that's one of the main reasons I've been a Prince fan since the age of, of three. Um, I was born in 1980, so I'm a dirty mind, baby, technically. But uh, yeah, I've been a Prince fan since the age of three, and that's a that's a big part of why I've been a, a fan for that long, and will always remain a fan, is because Prince's art is the type of art that that promotes you know, positive thinking and inclusion and, you know, unity and togetherness. And I think in that sense, he's a very important uh, voice in the Black community. And it's been one of my goals for a long time to have more diverse voices on the podcast, because I think I hear a lot of people say that, you know, uh, diversity is underrepresented when it comes to Prince's legacy and 
discussions of Prince's legacy as uh, an important black voice. And we all know Prince was proud of, of being a black man and mm -hmm. proud of, you know, that history and that legacy that he was carrying on, you know, because he talks about in one song, he says, I am the one song and one song is free. So freedom was very important to him. And I know, you know, the black community, you know, being oppressed for hundreds of years, um, you know, is very, very shameful. But Prince was one of those voices that, you know, really uh, championed the idea of freedom and of equity. And I really believe that one song carries on in that tradition yeah. very, very well. And, and I think you hit on something because even, like you said, with, with the racial issue that you can relate to one song is race is actually an illusion in a sense that DNA doesn't make different, doesn't differentiate in race. Right. So if you, you know, that, and so from a scientific standpoint, right, and, right. and removing all those illusions, that's what Prince is saying, that, that, that true spiritual liberation Right, is liberation from all of the man-made systems, such as race and racism and sexism and classism, these kind of things that we have designed to dominate other to our injury. That's why I think also you have to discuss, say, a song like Beautiful Strange in connection with one song, because they both come out around the same time and they both are testaments, right, to Prince's growing spiritual evolution to what was spiritual change with, 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 with Beautiful Strange. Prince is actually talking about the inability that if you've been in a person who's done something the wrong way for a long time, right. when they see it done the right way, they think it's wrong. And so right. that's right. how Beautiful Strange connects, right? When, 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 when we say it's like strangely beautiful, beautiful strange, that's what we said instead of the name. If you count the times he took all the blame, you will find the reason behind the game. In the darkness, we must look for the way. We're so strange that only the mind can say, if it makes no mind what color or holy day, why is this game the only one that we play, end quote. So again, if you if you live in evil or without truth for so long, it is difficult for us to embrace it because we do not recognize truth or goodness for what it is. Humanity has been sick for so long that we don't realize that we're sick. It's similar to if you like got a garbage can in your house and gradually over time it has a foul odor, but because we living in there, we don't initially notice that foul odor because, because we become acclimated to that foul odor. And we don't really right. recognize it until you leave the house and come back and you go, hey, it's funky in here, but not funky in a good way. This is what Prince is trying to do with one song. He's trying right. to reacclimate society's moral compass so that it understands the difference between constructive art and deconstructive art because humanity has lived so long under the umbrella of destructive art that it no longer recognizes dysfunctionality as a negative. That's why so many reality TV shows are so popular because dysfunctional behavior has become the norm. Therefore, to live a life of love or a life based on love rather than based on how much money one can make is strange to this capitalistic society, which is why issues of things like telephone and internet fraud and identity theft are so rapid because people misusing others have become the norm. And Prince is saying that one of the reasons in one song is because we are so used to being inundated with art that celebrates dysfunctionality and misusing people. Right, right, right. And uh, yeah, this is this is a really, really enlightening discussion. And and I love I love how passionate you are. I could I could hear the poet uh, coming through when you're talking, and also I could hear a little bit of the religious tradition in your voice as well. Um, I really really enjoyed this discussion. Um, I don't know where we can take it any further, but um, well, I, I would end. I would, could I could I end on discussing two other songs that I would like to book in one song with? Yes. 
So two songs that I would like to book in one song with are I Would Die From You, of course, from Purple Rain, and Future Soul Song from 2010, right? Okay. Because these three songs present Prince's ultimate reality of humans transcending their physical encasin uh, encasings and becoming ethereal hybrids, right? The ultimate desire for Prince is to become a complete living experience. So in, in I Would Die For You, right, what does Prince say? He says, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I am something that you could never understand. And then he says, I'm, I'm not a woman, I'm not a man, I'm not a human, I am your conscious, I am love, right? You're just a sinner, I am told, I'll be a fighter when you're cold, I'll make you happy when you're sad, I'll make you good though you are bad. Through this, Prince is breaking categories and limitations by redefining notions of reality, but also letting us know that as we begin to evolve intellectually and spiritually, how we treat people evolves. And so now we begin to deal with people as spiritual beings, right? And then that then transcends right into future soul song. Because think about what the one does. One song returns us back to the garden, right? So one song returns us to our beginning with Adam and Eve. Future soul song affirms the oneness of all the God's creation and takes us to that ultimate height, right? Just, just a little quote from Future Soul Song, he says, I had a dream last night and I was flying for the first time and in that dream I could pilot my flight with the thoughts of my mind and there wasn't any up or down. Everybody all around us. Watch, look at this con connection to one song when he says, quote, when we sang, we all sang together. Oh, what a beautiful sound. This is the Future Soul Song. I had a dream last night that I was singing and the sound of my voice seemed to come from every mountaintop. So one song returns humanity to the garden with the tree of life, future soul song is the climax of spiritual evolution in which humanity has learned its purpose and transcend, transcended into the realm of the spirit world where we can now rest and abide in that oneness with the God that loves us. And I think that's a testament that from the early part of Prince's career to the very latter part of Prince's career, he was, he was on a spiritual evolution and he used his art not only to chart and plot his evolution, but to also say, here's a blueprint for anybody who would like to use it. Yes, yes. And that makes me think of the great work that Erica Thompson is doing. Yes. She's writing a book on Prince's spiritual evolution. And I am very, very excited to read that book whenever it comes out. I know she's still working hard on it, but it'll be great to read that. And it's just, it's just great how you break things down. You make things understandable and, and make things engaging. And I appreciate that, C. Lee. Thank you so oh, much. No, I appreciate it. Just, just one last thing. Yes. As, much, as much as one song is about Prince's spiritual evolution, I think it can also be studied as another example of Prince's supreme intellect. And here's what I mean. One song is not the first artistic manifesto that Prince wrote. The epilogue to the 1993 Three Chains of Gold, that's an artistic manifesto. His 1994 acceptance speech at the Celebrate the Soul Awards, that's an artistic manifesto. And then the message from the artist that he posted on the Don.com in December 1995, all three of those were written statements about the type of art that Prince desired to create. And they are written in the, and this is what I'm getting to his, his intellect. They are written in the same tradition as Dante, the poet Dante's letter to Congrand della Scala, T.S. Eliot's uh, essay, Tradition and Individual Talent, Elaine Locke's essay, The New Negro, and Langston Hughes' essay, The Negro Artist and the, and the Racial Mountain. These four similar essays are all manifestos that connect mastery of one's craft to moral obligation. That's what Prince is doing in one song. He's addressing Master One's craft to moral obligation to produce constructive art. And all four of those artistic manifestos that Prince was creating, he was saying in various steps that his goal is to create art that when we finish communing with it, we are somehow made better. That to me is not, it, it, is, it is a spiritual. Uh, uh, achievement and intellectual achievement that combines for a supreme artistic achievement. That's it. Right. Amazing, amazing stuff. And, and you mentioned likes and views. So yeah, I wanted I wanted 
to somehow place uh, place Prince within the pan pantheon of 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 black intellectual, you know, black thinkers, and you you just did it. So thank you so much. And I think it's an important important and very vital tradition that he was furthering with all those artistic manifestos, as you were saying. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Um, look, here, look, look here, brother. Anytime, just, just you, you got the email, shoot me an email, whatever you want to discuss. I'm open to it. Like I said, I love, I love, I love the podcast. I love all the folks you had on, man. It's, a, it's enriching. Uh, what I love is that, and I use this phrase a lot, but what I really love is that I used to tell my students that one of the problems with humanity is we don't understand that human beings are pie charts with multiple slices. Right. And because we don't understand that most people only focus on one or two of their slices and they never fulfill who they are. What I love about your show is you have so many different scholars and so many different artists that represents so many phases of life that can discuss Prince. It shows basically the, the, the vast dimensionality. And I think that's one of the most important things. I always say that Prince was an artist who had a song for every occasion and every aspect of life. And one of the things you do with your podcast is that you're interviewing enough people, a lot of different types of people, so we can then examine all those different songs for all those different aspects of life, which is why Prince needs to be remembered from now on. Well, I appreciate it, man. I, I, you know, I say this to people that I that I talk to. You know, I do the the podcast out of love and respect for Prince, and also, you know, furthering his legacy, enriching his legacy. Um, you know, I don't claim to be the best podcast out there, but I do I do what I do for love and respect of Prince, and I do it for the love and respect of the art and also the the spiritual message that he gave me and millions of people all throughout the world, all throughout the years of his career. So um, Prince, I say this a lot. I've said this on the podcast before. Prince's music ultimately brought me closer, not only to myself, to my higher self, who I am, you know, free from any physical encumberments because I do have, I was born premature and I have cerebral palsy, so I'm in a wheelchair, but um, God blessed me with with the pretty sharp intellect. Yes, he and, did. Uh, yes, he did. Yes, he um, did. And I appreciate it. And, and Prince has not only helped me through his art, has not only helped me come closer to myself and who I am as a as a child of God, but also has helped me come closer to God as well. And that was the ultimate goal of one song. It's a message of trying to unite people, not under the system that's designed to pull us down, but trying to unite people in spirit and trying to unite people with the universe and our creator and our divine rights as, as children of God. So I am really, really indebted to Prince and um, I just do it out of love and respect for him, man. That's, that's it. Look, that's the, that's the best reason to do. You remind me of something when they were interviewing uh, Sheila E uh, for the, uh, the 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 omnibus uh, BBC, the infamous omnibus BBC. Uh, oh, I love uh, that documentary. Yeah, and 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 Sheila E says, uh, you know, with Prince, and I'm thinking it's either that or the MTV, but I, she says the that Prince isn't so much concerned with the mics and the audio and the engineering is what comes from the heart, right. And that, that when they would get in the studio to create, that would be Prince's ultimate is, what are you bringing from your mind and from your heart? And everything else will take care of yourself. And that's why you have an excellent podcast, because you are making about what's coming from not only your heart and mind, 
were from the other folks who either been, who've been inspired by Prince and love Prince and understand the touching of the heart and the mind. That's the most important thing that we can give is our heart and our mind. And as long as you keep doing that, brother, you're going to keep having a podcast that is that is not only celebrating in the right way Prince's legacy, but being an inspiration to other people in ways that you probably won't even know until five, six, seven, ten years from now. I appreciate it, man. That's very, very, that's very, very kind of you to say, and it's very touching. And and I've I've told people close to me that that this podcast is part of my purpose in life. It uh, makes me feel fulfilled, and uh, I just enjoy doing it. And hopefully, I can get keep getting quality guests such as yourself. And it's just so nice to sit and converse about this this man and this art that he gave us that is so multifaceted and multi-layered and so very important and so relevant even today. I mean, there's still natural disasters. We're living in the middle of a pandemic, you know, and it's and, and you know what? what? What's interesting about living in the middle of a pandemic, it gets us right back to one song because we're living in the middle of a pandemic that could be resolved if people could simply get over their physical dislikes of other people. Right? Mm-hmm. We've turned a medical issue into a political issue. We've turned a medical issue into a Democrat versus Republican issue. So when people get, get mad at, at Prince in one song in Colonized Mind when he says illusion of choice, well, look at your two parties and look at your leadership and look at the people who can't come together to solve a medical issue because they are being like confused, right? And they are falling under that right. illusion, right? right? That Prince is saying, look, if we just follow what's in one song, we could have probably ended this pandemic six months after it started. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I agree. Society is society is not where it needs to be right now. We all need to to take heed and listen to those messages because it's important. And I think one song is an important statement. Not only is it an artistic manifesto, but it's a spiritual it's a spiritual call to unity and it's a spiritual call to knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's a spiritual call to awakening um, that people need to. Uh, I think I think people need to heed it. So yes, um, amen, amen, and Ashe. And for people out there, for your watchers don't know, I usually say amen and Ashe, and and Ashe is just a Yoruba phrase, an African phrase that means amen. So I, I everything you said, amen and Ashe. Okay, awesome, and to. Uh, just to close things out, I wanted to let, I wanted to give you the platform to let people know uh, where they can find you and where they can find your work. I know you're not on social media, so any information you'd like to share about yourself and your work, feel free anybody, to do so. Yeah, anybody who needs to catch me, they can come to my website. It's, it's, it's psychedelicliterature.com. If you type in psychedelicliterature.com, my website should be the first part, first thing to pop up. You go click on the contact. The email is there. You shoot me an email. Uh, we have a we have a weekly newsletter. Now it's not just print stuff. It, it's prints and a lot of my other writings about politics and society and other things. But I have a lot of prints folk that gets that newsletter. So if people who are interested, come check out the uh, the website. And then what I can do is if they email me, I'll send them a copy. And the newsletter is free. It's just an email that comes out either every Friday, every Saturday. And um, I, I, I send one, and then if people like it, they say, hey, add me to the list. If they don't like it, they say, hey, man, I don't want to take that. So, But my website, Psychedelic Literature, it has all my books there. And also, you can find all my books at Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. So my, my books are really, really, readily available. And like I said, my website is PsychedelicLiterature.com, and I just appreciate you having me. And then you worked on a journal called Black Magnolias, too. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Black Magnolias was a literary journal. It, 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 we published poems, short stories, and essays about poems and short stories. It was, it was the funny thing about that. It, it, we, it lasted eight years. 
it was actually started because as a Afro-Mississippian, right, as a black writer from Mississippi, I noticed that there were a lot of young black writers from Mississippi that were getting, they had difficulty getting published because there just was not enough uh, journals out there for them to publish the kind of work they wanted to publish. So that's why we started it. And I never thought that by the end, I'd be publishing people from Croatia. So how I started out a magazine that was supposed to be publishing, you know, Black folks from Mississippi, and now I'm publishing, we, we publish scholars from, from China, from Japan, from India, from Croatia. We had a poet who we regularly published from Croatia. And then the last thing we actually published, we did a special issue on Prince. And so uh, Professor uh, D'Angelo Duff, uh, and, and so many other wonderful print scholars were in that. And, and she and, and, and she she wrote an excellent article on Jill Jones. And, I, and the great thing about that special issue is I had academicians, I had literary folks, and I also had musicians. They all gave me essays about print. So again, that, that, that multiple pie chart, like you do with your podcast, I tried to get creatives from different worlds Yep. to discuss how Prince was important to them. Yep. Very, very good. And also, you've done numerous presentations and writings for D'Angela Duff's various symposia on Prince. Uh, those are under, available on her YouTube channel. Polish Solid, check those out. Um, and, and, like, and like and subscribe to Polish Solid, right? Get people just like we want them to like and subscribe. The Purple Knight, like and subscribe to Polish Solid because folk like you and Professor Duff, you folks out here who's Prince said doing the work, we need to support y'all. And folks, I don't think people understand it's free to like a, a, a channel, it's free to subscribe to one. But when you guys like and subscribe to Purple Knight and when you like and subscribe to Polish Solid, you are giving them what they need to continue to give you the content that you want. So help them help us. And the only way for us to help Brother Chris and Professor Duff is by liking and subscribing and sharing. And the more we do that, we're going to help them give us the content we want. Amen, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. No problem. Um, also, you did a recent six-part interview as well, right? Tell us a little yes. bit about that. That is, so like I said, I'm a poet and, and, and short story writer by trade. I also was a 25-year academician. I was so glad to be able to retire early. I took an early retirement from Jackson State University. D, I love. Maybe over my shoulder, folks can see my Jackson State banner back there. Uh, and, and it's really, it's, a, it's an exhausted, uh, expanded, uh, just about my work and life, about my life and work. And there are two of the episodes are strictly devoted to Prince. So you get six episodes, and in two of the episodes, they really delve deep. Uh, Brother First, his name is First Leather, and he is an educator, historian, and an MC. And Brother First asked when I come on his platform, and he wanted to do, uh, he, he has a series called Everybody's Got a Story, and he wanted to highlight me on that, and everything you did and didn't want to know about me as a writer and what and, and how Mississippi shaped me as a writer and how I became a writer uh, like Prince, determined to use my work for social political change. And so you get a good understanding of what I do as a poet and what I do as a short story and hoping that my work has some kind of positive impact on people. Right on, right on. I'll definitely, I'll definitely check out your work. I've got a, I've got a copy of the, uh, the book you did out in Prince's, Prince's Lyricism. So I'll definitely dive into that and I'll check out your other work as well. Um, one, one thing to note, I've actually been toying with the idea of doing a spinoff podcast where it's not specifically Prince related, but I, I want to talk to my favorite people in, in various disciplines, uh, you know, acting, music, you know, basically every every area where I have favorite people, sports, yeah. you know, all different kinds of stuff. And and one of the one of the people that I'd love to talk to is the, the poet Amanda Gorman. So you being a poet, I could I could uh, surmise that you know of Amanda and her work. Yes. Yeah. She's very, very inspirational. Um, you know, 
So I would love to, to speak with her in some capacity, but it's it's nice to speak to, you know, creatives and poets and intellectuals because for years, you know, I considered myself or I aspired to be a writer. I'm actually published. I was actually published in France in my second oh. language of French uh, in 2008 as a college undergrad, uh, which is kind of surreal. But, um, you know, by and large, I've noticed that I don't really have the discipline to be a to be a regular writer, but it's always nice to uh, connect with other creatives and and poets and and people like that that, as you say, are doing the work. So, and, and, and here's what I'll say that, and, I, and I'll explain. I, I used to tell people, people like looking at me strange. I tell people, I say, you have to understand. I'm an artist spiritually. Writing is just the physical manifestation of my artistry. Right. So you are an artist spiritually, Brother Chris. And your podcast is just one of the physical manifestations of your spirit. And so okay. as you continue to evolve and develop, you may go ahead and do the writing. You may do the other podcast. But it's important, I think, that we need to understand because then we understand what the brilliant thing that you're doing is that's how all artists connect. That our artistry is really a, a, a rooted in and flourishes from our spirituality. It's just that we take different manifestations. So somebody's artistry, the physical manifestation is going to be writing. Somebody else it may be singing. Somebody else it may be dancing, sculpture. Uh, you get into the visual art, even more visual arts with filmmaking. Right. Whether you want to do creative filmmaking, uh, fictional filmmaking, or you want to do documentaries. So I just think that 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 what you are doing with the podcast, that's one physical manifestation of your spirit, of your artistic spirit. And the things that you are thinking about, those will eventually become other physical manifestations of your artistic spirit. You're just lining them up to get them all done. I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate the, the inspiration and the motivation. Um. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. We'll we'll stay in touch. All right. Definitely, brother. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everybody. On behalf of C. Lee and myself, I'd like to say thank you for watching. If you're watching us on YouTube or Spotify, uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iTunes, and uh, until next time. This is Chris Johnson for the Purple Knights podcast. Peace and be wild, everybody. Y'all take care.